Well, that video will make a little more sense here in a bit. We've got a, a second video for you, but good morning. Welcome to Movement Church. Uh, my name is Mark, and I have the privilege of being the lead pastor here, and I'm excited to be here. I was afraid for a second the weather was going to spoil today. Uh, last week was, in my opinion, and uh, in, in many others I've talked to you, it was just a, an exciting week, one of the, the coolest weeks in the story of Movement Church. We got to celebrate uh, 13 baptisms last, last week, and uh, we got to see people say, I'm following Jesus, I want to identify with Jesus. We got to see them share that with their friends and family and with us, and so it was just a great week, an exciting week uh, to be together and to see people uh, just commit to Jesus, to see our vision happen, to see our, our vision to be a movement of people finding their way back to God, to see that happening uh, in our friends and family. And uh, we, we had a, a chance to uh, break 200 for the first time, so that was oddly exciting. We've been talking about that, and so that was cool just to, um, we, we, we said that, you know, numbers aren't everything, but uh, every, every number represents a person, and every person has a story, and so we're excited to see what God is doing uh, and the stories of people who, who have been coming to, to movement and see what God has been building. So if it's your first week here, uh, if, if you've been coming for a little bit, we want you to know that, that you're in the right place, and uh, we're excited about what God is doing. Uh, it wasn't just an exciting week for, for movement, it was an exciting week for, for my family. So if I have bags under my eyes, I'm not even going to apologize, you'll, you'll know what's going on. But uh, for those of you that, that don't know, we've, uh, we've been in the process of adopting uh, all fall, and so we've been doing some fundraising and, and talking about that and asking many of you to, to pray for us. And, and so we got matched with a, a birth mom in October, and that process is a little crazy, but just praying for, for God's timing and, and trusting him. And so uh, Monday, the, the birth mom called us and said, hey, I'm being in tomorrow morning on Tuesday, and so we drove up, up to uh, good old Delaware, Ohio, up to Grady Hospital. Shady Grady, as I've been told by people who grew up in Delaware, that's what it's called now. Uh, but uh, I had a wonderful experience there, just for the record. Uh, but we drove up there, and at, uh, at 4.40 p.m. On, on Tuesday, Zion Grace was, was born, and so uh, as all proud dads do, I brought you some pictures. So here's a little update from, uh, from the art trips. That is, uh, that's just a few minutes after birth, and so uh, that, was, that was her. She's cute. She clearly has a lot more hair than me, and so that's fine. I'm not bitter or anything. So there's, there's some other ones here. There's some, some other pictures. Uh, you'll see them, because every good dad has like five pictures on reserve, right? So these are, these are all fresh off my iPhone. You're getting treated to only the finest photography today. So uh, there's, you, you guys can cycle through those. Just many different versions of her hair. So I think she looks like a young Halle Berry right now, is what I keep telling my wife. So... Uh, We'll see if, we, if I want that to be true later or not. But there's, there's the, the crew hanging out, and uh, they're, they're arguing over who gets to hold her already, so that's been cool. And, uh, yeah, so there's one more, a couple more pictures here. There's one. It's our first picture as a family. And uh, then, there's, then there's one here. We, are, we already did one of those uh, shameless newborn photo shoots. So, um, you know, dads like to do those, so don't judge us, okay? So that's, that's fun. So we got to do that yesterday. Uh, but, but just as... Um, as I was thinking about, about uh, adoption this week and, and about this process, I thought it was pretty cool um, that uh, obviously as a dad, like I said, I'm, I'm super excited, I'm biased, I think she's cute. Uh, that's not really up for debate, in fact, I think, but we'll talk about that later if you want to argue. Uh, but, but I was thinking about this process all week, and, and you guys can take those down or no one's going to listen to me because I'm clearly the second cutest option right now. So, um, but a, a child is, is a gift, and I think that, that most of us in here would agree on that if we, if we stopped and, and thought about it. We know that being a, being a father is a gift, and we know that, uh, that, that Zion is a gift. We've been, we've been just praising God all week for her, um, and God has kind of orchestrated this, this whole process. There were times that you know, we didn't know if the, the money would be there. We didn't know uh, exactly who would be joining our family. It was kind of nerve-wracking, uh, and, and yet her, her birth mom has entrusted us with 
with the greatest gift in, in her life. And she's entrusted her to, to our family to, to raise. And so, like I said, she's, she's a gift that we are grateful for, and we understand that very much. And uh, we really feel like as a family that we're going to spend the rest of our lives uh, trying to honor the gift that, that her birth mom gave us when she entrusted us to, to care for her. And uh, it, that, that very much matches up with, with where we're going this morning. Because this morning, when you, when you understand... Uh, exactly the, the gift that you've been given, what, no matter what that gift is in life. When you understand the greatness of a gift, I think it's, it's obvious that sometimes the, the best thing that you can do is, is honor a gift that you've been given. Some of you were given scholarships for college, and so you went out and tried to get grades to keep those scholarships. Some of you were given cars by parents at a young age, and so obviously you tried to not wreck that car. Uh, some of you have been gifted vacations and different things, and so the obvious thing that you tried to do was have fun on that vacation and enjoy that vacation. And when we get a gift, the greatest thing that we can do is honor that gift and appreciate it and, and use it. And so that, that is, is, has been in our hearts all week with adoption, but it doesn't just stop there because obviously that applies uh, to, to any gift that we have. And most of us in the room understand gifts. Most of us uh, have families. Those are a gift from God. Many of us have spouses. Those are a gift from God. Many of us have children. Those are a gift from God. And in our, in our level-headed moments of humility, we can kind of step back and, and realize, you know what? God has, has given us gifts. God has entrusted us with things. God has given us things that, that he wants us to honor and he wants us to take care of. Uh, but the reality is that, that some of those gifts are harder to manage than others. And so luckily, uh, our hosts already were able to mention that today we want to talk about money, one of those gifts. So luckily, they already took some of the wind out of our sails and, and took that element of surprise away so that I don't have to be the bad guy, right? But we do want to talk about finances today. And that's not uh, to make everyone roll their eyes. That's not to make you worried. It's not to make you feel guilty, uh, not to make you tense. But uh, our defenses and our walls go up often when we talk about money. I've talked to people before that say, my parents told me to never talk about money and never talk about how much I make. And that's about the extent of, of what some people talk about money, right? But, but we know that this is a topic that has to be talked about. But already some of, us, some of us in our minds are thinking, yeah, but does he know how much school debt I have? Some of us are thinking, yeah, does he know how much taxes are in Hilliard or Powell or Upper Arlington, fill in the blank with any Central Ohio suburb. They're not friendly around here. Uh, does he know? No, he doesn't know. He's never had a kid in college. I think immediately we have these, these walls that come up and, and we have defenses, but this is still something that we, we want to talk about today because no matter where you're at, no matter what your life stage is, no matter what your, your credit card debt is right now or any of those things, regardless of how much or how little you, you think you have or you make, uh, we, we have been given gifts by God. And we've been given money. We're, we're the richest people group on earth. And our big idea for this morning is, is simply this. We can begin to wrap our minds around this. But if we don't manage our money for God, it will manage us. If we don't manage our money for God, it will manage us. And so I want to invite us to, to turn to the Bible this morning. We want to look at a story. This is in Matthew chapter 25. Uh, verses 14 to 30, it's on page 756. If, if you don't have a Bible, there's one under your chair, one around you. If you don't have a, a copy of God's Word, I'd love for you to take that Bible home today. No one will judge you. Just put it in your purse and walk out, and, and we will be happy about that. But we want everybody here to have a Bible at home that they can read and study. And so we want to be in Matthew chapter 25, verses 14 to 30 today, page 756. And I will, uh, I'll read this. And uh, we can, you can follow along right where you're at. This is Matthew chapter 25, 14 to 30. It says this. The story is being told. Again, the kingdom of heaven can be illustrated by the story of a man going on a trip. He called together his servants and gave them money 
to invest for him while he was gone. He gave five bags of gold to one, two bags of gold to another, and one bag of gold to the last, dividing it in proportion to their abilities, and then left on his trip. And we'll pause right here because I, I think sometimes we, we think we know what stories are saying. Some of us are already lost and are like, wait, I thought the Bible was about Jesus. Who's this guy giving out gold and how do I meet him? But uh, th- this, this, this story is, is basically representative of, of a topic. And so the guy who is going on a trip is representative of God. And the people that he is giving gifts to are representative of us. And let's be honest, if, if we were in this story, we'd be thinking, wait, why did that guy get 10 and I got, well, there's only five or I got two. Here's the bottom line. Gifts are awesome, right? No one usually deserves a gift. When you get something for Christmas, you usually know it's coming and we like to think we deserve it. We don't deserve gifts. We certainly don't deserve gold. And so here's, here's the common denominator of all of these, these men in this story. They don't deserve what they were given. It's, it's great. It's a gift. And they have been blessed. All right, let's, let's keep going here. This is verse 16. The servant who received the five bags of gold began immediately to invest the money and soon doubled it. The servant with two bags of gold also went right to work and doubled the money. But the servant who received the one bag of gold dug a hole in the ground and hid the master's money for safekeeping. After a long time, their master returned from his trip and called them to give account of how they had used his money. The servant to whom he had entrusted the five bags of gold said, Sir, you gave me five bags of gold to invest and I have doubled the amount. The master was full of praise. Well done, my good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in handling this small amount, so now I will give you many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. Next came the servant who had received two bags of gold with the report, Sir, you gave me two bags of gold to invest, and I have doubled the amount. The master said, Well done, my good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in handling this small amount, so now I will give you many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. Then the servant with the one bag of gold came and said, Sir, I know you are a hard man, harvesting crops you didn't plant and gathering crops you didn't cultivate. I was afraid I would lose your money, so I hid it in the earth, and here it is. But the master replied, You wicked and lazy servant. You think I'm a hard man, do you? Harvesting crops I didn't plant and gathering crops I didn't cultivate. Well, you should at least have put my money into the bank so I could have some interest. Take the money from this servant and give it to the one with ten bags of gold. To those who use well what they are given, even more will be given, and they will have an abundance. But from those who are unfaithful, even what little they have will be taken away. Now throw this useless servant into outer darkness, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. That story might seem unfamiliar. It might not seem something that that we, we would tell in today's modern age. People aren't giving out bags of gold, but the point is this. God has given us gifts like those men were given gifts, like we already talked about. And we are responsible to manage the gifts that God has given us. Not just that, but we are responsible to manage the money that God has given us. No matter the amount, great or small, no matter what our opinion, we are responsible to manage the money that God has given us. And I think many of us know that. We've, we've thought that. We've been raised to think that. We've... we've We've, we've said that that's, that's something that we want to model in our families, in our home. And this is, this is kind of where it, it gets tougher, though. Because it, it doesn't matter if you have more or, or less, but God has entrusted us with money. And, and not just that he has entrusted us, just like this story, we will be held accountable for what we've done with the gifts he's given us, with the money he's given us. So I don't say that as, as a threat. I say that 
as something that should, should make us feel a responsibility. Just like the men in this story, we're going to have to face the one who has given us gifts. And we're going to have to say, here's what I did with the gift you gave me. Here's how I honored the gift you gave me. Here's how I lived motivated because of the gifts that you gave me. Here's how I managed the money that you gave me. And why are we talking about management? It's kind of like a a business buzzword, right? Some of you talked about that for four years in college and it doesn't really apply to life anymore and you don't ever want to see another, another textbook that says the word management principles 101 or anything like that, right? Because it just makes you sick to your stomach. Because Jesus said that the way that we manage money is connected to our heart. Not Mark. Mark's a pretty nice guy, I like to think, but but we're not talking about the words of Mark. Jesus said that our heart and our money are connected. And so we aren't just talking about managing money. We're actually talking about managing our heart and our devotion and our relationship with God. Because the way we view money, the way we manage money, is one and the same as our commitment to God. And I know that might sound like an overstatement, but Jesus said that. The way that we view money, the systems that we create in our own personal life to honor God's gift and to honor the money that he's given us are directly connected to our commitment with him. The way that you execute your finances is the embodiment of your commitment to God. The way that you execute your finances shows your commitment to God. Most of us would would say that we love God. I don't think if if you went to your average American and said, do you believe in God? They'd say, of course I do. And say, do you love God? Yeah. Do you want to honor God? Yeah. And yet the phrase, put your money where your mouth is, has never applied more to something than this topic. Because many of us say, I love God. I'm devoted to God. I'm committed to God. And yet there's a separation in our heart and in our finances in the way that we approach him. And if we don't learn to manage our money, if we don't put thought into our money, if we don't create systems to get out in front of our money and manage it for God, it will manage us. And if you haven't put God over your money, over your finances, over all of the gifts he's given you, then those things will become a God. If you haven't put God over your money, your money will become a God. Most of us know what, what management means, like I said, because you've taken classes, because you've talked through that. Management just means to, to be in charge or to run something. You think of, of someone who manages a team, and, and they're kind of the one that's, that's in charge, that's making the, making the calls, running the shots. But there's a, a second meaning that's often used also in, in culture, and it, it honestly kind of shows up when, when pain is involved, right? We know people who have been put on certain drugs to manage the pain, that's the phrase that we always use, right? So we know management as, as running something or making decisions, but we also think of it as, as managing the pain. And that definition means more to succeed in the face of opposition, right? When you've got pain, just getting through the day, if you have a toothache or if, if you have a, uh, something that, that's going wrong, if you're able to manage the pain and take some medicine, that's considered success to get through the end of the day, right? And so there's kind of this, this, this two-pronged definition of, of management, 
And that's good to know because sometimes we don't feel like we're running our finances. Sometimes we feel like we're, we're just existing in the face of opposition. And yet management means both. It means that we're in charge, that we're calling the shots, that we need to be in charge of our finances no matter what the opposition is, no matter what we're up against. It's our job to manage the pain and to manage the gifts and to manage the success and honor that we give back to God with what he's given us. And that's, that's comforting to know, right? Because there are some of us that feel like when we look at our finances, when we look at our debt, when we look at our checking account, when we look at our credit cards, that we're up against opposition, right? I mean, I, I looked up some, some stats. The average person in America is, is $45,000 in debt for school. Some of you are like, awesome, I'm only $38,000. I'm, I'm ahead of the curve. This is a great day. Right? But that's, that's the state of the country we live in. Most people are $45,000 in debt for school. And, and the average household has $15,000 in credit card debt. So good news. If you only have $7,500 in debt, the person you marry will probably double that, right? <laughs> so we're, we're stacking this up. I mean, you're keeping a tally, $45,000, $15,000. The average auto loan in America is $27,000. So maybe, maybe you've already paid that down a little bit and you're down to like eighteen or 20000 These are just average American statistics. There are people in here who have probably taken out more than that and that's not even mentioning that there's probably a mortgage in the picture, right? Most of you probably, probably are hoping to be able to get a $200,000 home, I would assume. Let's say $150,000, $200,000. That's not to mention if you have to take out a line of credit or a second mortgage, the finances of America seem stacked against people sometime. And it, it feels like we're in opposition, and yet we're still called to manage our finances because God has asked us to honor him and honor his gifts. So what, is, what does management look like in your life? What does management look like as we give to God? The average person gives less than, than 1% to nonprofit organizations in America. The average person gives much less than, than 1% to, to a church in the average year. And that's less than we spend on school, on credit cards, and a mortgage, on utilities, on gas, on a car, on vacation, and probably on our social life. And even when we do often give, we're probably giving out of obligation or giving because people are watching or, or giving out of guilt because, well, people are going to talk if I don't do something. And so we're not doing a, a good job of understanding how we're supposed to view money. We're not doing a good job of understanding how we're supposed to manage our money. We're not doing a good job of making our money a tool that God can use in our life. We're letting our money run our life and manage our life. And we're making our money into our God. So how are we doing as movement church? Well, I've shared before, I don't, I don't see the, the giving here. I think sometimes people don't believe me and they think I'm like somewhere in a, in a cave opening every envelope and checking checks and things. We have, a, we have a much more capable team that does that sort of thing. I can only count to like 48 and after that I get confused. So we have people that manage millions of dollars for the government and for organizations and they, they know what they're doing with that and so I let them do that. But I, I emailed them this week and I said, I don't want names, but give me, give me some stats just because I wanted a picture how do we do at managing what God has given us? How do we do at honoring the gifts that he's given us? Here's some, here's some stats for Movement Church. 
Because we like to detach ourselves from America, right? We like to think of all those debt things I named and think, well, that's not us. I know everybody in the room, and I love everybody in the room, and we're a family. This is us. For the last 12 months, we've, we've averaged about 120 adults in this room. Some weeks more, some weeks less. Recently, a lot more. Even with snow, a lot more. That's awesome. And yet, we have... We have a lot more people that call Movement Church home. You know how it is. You have a family reunion one week. You play indoor soccer one week. You have to work one week. And so we have probably around 200 people who call Movement Church home, maybe even more than that. People who are committed, people who are invested, people who are in groups, people who are in serving, people who regularly come here. And yet we have, we have 87 people who give. Who, who have given. That's not even to count frequency, but that's just to say that they've, they've been committed. They've been disciplined and they've, they've managed what God has given them. And I don't, I don't say that to make us feel guilty or to talk down to us or to be up on the stage and say, I give 100% of my money to God. I don't want to be fake and, and pretend anything like that. But I think there's a, a sobering reality that if we're being honest, those stats are not just about America. They're not just about other people. They're not just about Ohio or Columbus. Those stats represent movement church. Those are, those are sobering stats that we can say that we understand that God has given us gifts. We can say that we understand that God has blessed us with money. And when it comes down to it, if our money and our heart are connected, we're not honoring God with our money. And we're not honoring God with the gifts that he's given us. And we're not managing our money for God. So the, the opposite must be true, that our money is managing us. Our money is telling us what it wants to be spent on. Our money is telling us where our life should go and, and when we should jump and how high. Our money is in control. So what's the, what's the answer to all this? Because next week we're going to talk a little bit more about debt, and in a few weeks we want to talk specifically about giving and generosity, and, and we'll do some other things in this series. But what's the answer to managing our money. I mean, really, what is the answer? If we're saying right now, okay, I get it, I feel bad. I, I haven't really put any, any thought into my money, and no, I, I'm not honoring God with my money, and my family's not honoring God with what he's given us, but I don't, I don't know what that even, even looks like. We want to, want to show a, another video today, and this is just a, a simple principle. Uh, this, is, this is called 101080, and it's a, it's a principle rooted in biblical wisdom there are many other offshoots and variations, things that we can talk about in other weeks. But if you're looking at what does it look like to honor God in the way that I manage my money, this is a, this is a good starting point. So check this video out.
Obviously, that's a, a simple overstatement, and yet I think some of the best things in life are transferable from kids to adults, right? I mean, you think of some statements that you've been told over the course of your life. Your parents told you that you should work hard when you're, when you're young, right? That doesn't change when you get old. Parents told us to respect those in authority. That gets harder when we get older, but that doesn't change. Our parents told us, do unto others as you would have them do unto you, right? That gets more difficult, but that doesn't change. That's still something that we should follow. My mom told me, if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything at all. That doesn't get easier, but it's, it's something that I still follow. And, and that principle is the same. It's a, it's a starting point for what it looks like to manage our money, to manage the gifts that God has given us, and to put thought and intentionality into them so that they're not managing us. So if, if you haven't honored God with your, with your finances, if you feel like you haven't been able to say, God, here's how I'm going to honor the gifts that you've given me, you can start by doing that. It's, it's simple. They sure think it is, right? You give 10% to God. And we'll talk more in depth in a few weeks about that, but that's a simple guideline that you'll find all throughout the Bible. You can give 10% to God. You can give 10% to him and say, Lord, this is, this is yours. You give that first. That's a principle you'll see all throughout the Bible, that you give God the first fruit, the first part of your finances. Second part of that is that you save 10%, right? Because there's going to be a rainy day. There's going to be kids that have to go to college. We keep having daughters, and so I'm going to have to pay for weddings, and I'm already depressed about it. But that's why you save 10%, right? There's, there's wisdom in that. So you give 10% to God, you save 10%, and you live off of the final 80%. That's the toughest part, right? That means that your whole budget has to fit in there. That means that vacation has to fit in there. That means that Christmas and all the gifts that you'll feel the pressure to buy because Kohl's is having two-for-one mega super blowout night or whatever have to fit in that 80%. Your life has to be accomplished in that 80%. If it doesn't, You're probably not managing. You're probably not creating systems that honor God and honor his gifts. And your money and the things that you want are probably managing you. But 10-10-80 is the starting point. 10-10-80 is the guideline. And I hope this morning that even though it's simple and even though we had a five-year-old putting dimes in a jar, I hope that that can translate to your life and that can be something that you can get behind and something that you can be excited about. Because you might have one dollar or maybe, maybe your dad, maybe your, your heavenly father has given you $3,000 a week. Maybe he's given you $1,000 a week. Maybe you're in college and you, you work at Panera and you make $13 a week after taxes are taken out and you don't even know how this applies to you. It applies to you because 10, 10, 80, those are percentages as a guideline for you to manage your money. And so if, if this morning you're in a spot where you can say, you know what, I have not honored God with my finances. I have not honored him in the way I've managed the gifts that he's given me. And you want to change, you want to, you want to honor God. The first thing that you need to do is, is just admit that. Some of us think like, well, I don't know what I want to do, and he doesn't know my situation, and it's different for me. Some of us need to just admit for the first time, God, I've been wrong, I haven't honored you with my finances, and I want that to change. There's a certain step of humility in admitting that we haven't honored God with our finances. Once you've, once you've admitted that, once you've humbled yourself, you need to decide on a plan. And that's why we wanted to show that video today. I'm not saying it's, it's perfect, but, but it's a good starting point. 10, 10, 80 is a great starting point for you to say, Lord, here's how I'm going to manage my money 
manage the gifts you've given me to honor you. And then you just need to, to work the plan. You need to, to give God the first part of your money so that you know that that has happened and so that when a certain bill comes or something, it doesn't change your mind, it doesn't change your opinion, it doesn't sway your devotion so that you've already been disciplined to, to keep those things in order. The Bible has a lot to say about money. We're going to look at a lot more things, but the, the, the bottom line of what the Bible says about money is it asks us to be wise with what God has given us. We're, we're supposed to spend money, but we're supposed to do that with discretion and control. We're supposed to give back to the Lord joyfully, and we're supposed to use our money to help others and, and be guided by God's Spirit. It's not wrong to be rich. It's not wrong to be poor. But the overarching, consistent message of the Bible is that we are supposed to be wise with our money because it's really God's money, and he's trusted us with it. And if we don't learn to manage our money, it will manage us. And so this, this morning, someone told me one time that a, that a church shouldn't point things out to people if they're not willing to walk beside them and, and help, help them live that out in their lives. And so we, we've got some tools that we've developed for you. These are not things that you have to do. But I know that there are people in the room in different spots with their money. And so we've got a few different things I want to point out. We've got some guys uh, who are on our finance team here, who work with money, who manage large budgets, who, who are way ahead of many of us in their retirement planning and who do this for a living and who God has gifted to work in this area. And if you're saying, you know what, I just graduated. I don't even know what I make. I just kind of pay the bills and hope there's always money in my checking account at the end. I don't know what's going on. We've got to sign up at the Next Steps table. If you would like to just have a one-on-one -on -one meeting with someone at Panera Bread, at Starbucks, we've got some guys who have signed up. The, the dates are there, the, the location. You can sign up and say, I just want to talk to someone for an hour. Right? They're not going to make you sign a contract and take over your finances or anything like that. Right? But, but if you just want to bounce some ideas off someone and say, well, here's what I'm doing. Is this a good idea? Does this work? Here's what my budget looks like. What do you think about this? Be honest. Tell me, tell me if this is, is, is managing my money. Am I honoring God in what I'm doing? If you'd like to have a meeting like that and just bounce some things off someone, there's sign-ups for the next three weeks at the Next Steps table. It might just be an excuse to get out of the house in the winter, and, and you can get some Starbucks too, right? So it won't be too painful. But if you would just like to have a one-on-one -on -one meeting for an hour and talk with someone, we've got that. We're also partnering with the Hilliard YMCA to offer Dave Ramsey's Financial Peace University. So some of you know of Dave Ramsey, you know of his show, maybe you've known someone that's taken that class. That is a nine-week class that is just top of the line on helping you master and manage your finances. It's going to talk through so many things and, and help you get your finances in order. There's a little investment to be in that class, but the best things in life have an investment, right? My daughter's going to cost a little bit of money, and my wife costs a little bit of money, and my home costs a little bit of money, and my car costs a little bit of money. And so if you believe in something, I think you're willing to make an investment. So if you want to know about that, We've got some flyers back there. You can sign up online on his website. You can just search for a class in Hilliard on Monday nights, and it'll, it'll come up. So if you want to do a one-on-one -on -one meeting, you can do that. If you want to do the Dave Ramsey class, you can do that. Next week, our, our movement groups are back on, and we're going to be talking through this. And so you can kind of share some things in the privacy of a, of a group. Those of you that are in one, if you want to just bounce ideas off of people. If you're not in a movement group and you would like to have some people to talk through their finances, you can do that at the Next Steps table, too. We tried to, to give you tools today so that you can, you can learn to manage your finances, so that you can learn to honor God with, with what you've been given. If we don't learn to manage our money for God, it will manage us. And we want to be a church that is devoted to God. We want to be a church that is committed to God. And so we want to be a group of people, we want to be a group of individuals whose finances are given to God. 
So this morning isn't about a guilt trip. It's not about taking up another offering or anything like that. In fact, we, we purposely did the offering before I spoke because I think we've all been in a church where they talk about this and then they happen to pass the basket around and everyone's looking like, are you going to write a big check? Are you gonna? This morning isn't about that. This morning is about honoring God with, with what he's given us. This morning is about honoring God and managing what he's given us. And we just want you to ask the honest, simple question, am I doing that? If not, you can visit the Next Steps table. We've got some tools, some resources, some things I think will help you because we want that to be the heart of our church. Will you pray with me? God, thanks for this morning. Thanks for the chance to be together. Thank you for your word. Thank you for the gifts you've given us, Lord. I know that there are people in the room that are struggling in their finances, struggling with debt, struggling in so many areas, and yet, God, we can't deny that you are good. Lord, we cannot deny that we live in a, in a blessed nation, Lord, we live in, in great towns and cities, and we have so many things that you've entrusted us with, Lord. God, we want to be conscious of that. We want to be humble in that. And we want to be grateful in that. We want to honor you with what you've given us. So, God, I pray uh, today that you will just give us the courage to, to take steps in obedience and do that, Lord. If that's visiting the next steps table, if that's talking to someone, God, help us to honor the gifts that you've given us. Help us to honor the gifts that you've invested in us as people. Lord, your son... Your son Jesus gave all of himself on the cross, and so we want that to be our example. We want you to have all of our hearts, and we want our money to to sit before you and, and be owned by you and be yours too. Lord, thank you that you let us live off of, of the money you've given us. You, you let us have fun with the money you've given us, but we want to honor you first and foremost and most of all. God, thanks for the chance to, to pause and think about that today. And Lord, I pray that we'll be a church that's obedient in honoring you. It's in your name I pray. Amen. Thank you, Mark.